What up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the Showtime Forum podcast, talking all things purple and gold. I'm your host, Chris Camello, joined as always by my esteemed co-host and Showtime Forum contributor, Mr. Chaz Pearson. What up, Laker Nation? What's good? Got another good one for all you fans of the purple and gold. Where is that sense of urgency? Is Anthony Davis AD again? And like Yankees legend Reggie Jackson once proclaimed, is LeBron the straw that stirs the drink? And where is the defense? We're breaking that all down and more on this edition of the Showtime Forum podcast. But before we do, be sure to follow us on all social media and streaming platforms. We're on at Showtime Forum on all streaming platforms, at Showtime Forum on Instagram, but on Twitter, at Showtime underscore Forum. And you can also follow us on our website, theshowtimeform.com. That's the, T-H-E, showtimeform.com. Chaz, Chris. how are you, man? It's been a couple of weeks. I'm good, man. I'm good. Settling in, doing the pod, working my ass off, just like you are. But we here. I'm grateful. We're blessed. Here to talk some Laker basketball with you. And uh, we're gearing up for the playoffs. If we're in our final run. Ten games left, man. That's it. Just 10 games left starting Friday night against the Sacramento Kings. It's not going to be an easy 10 game stretch. LeBron James, though, could be coming back. According to sources, he could be back by this weekend. I said it. I said it could be that first week of May. It's looking like that's really on target. He's looked good. We've seen a few videos. He's teasing the fans. You know how you know how LeBron does it, man. You know, remember what I said? I was so wrong. Do you remember what my initial prognosis was? Like, not a day or two after it happened, when I text you right when LeBron got hurt on that Saturday afternoon, how many weeks did I say? You said about, what, six to eight? No. Two to three. Two to max. three, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I, mean, I, was, I was way off. Way yeah, off. We all were. I mean, this was the one, this is the year that I don't think anyone expected Anthony Davis and LeBron James to go down, but they're hardly the only ones. You look at Brooklyn, they've been ravaged by injuries. James Harden, Kevin Durant has missed a lot of time. Trey Young just recently went down. Donovan Mitchell, you lost Jamal Murray for the year. I mean, it has just been very few teams. Embiid. Embiid, yeah, yeah exactly. Giannis for a few games. Yeah, yeah. Giannis missed a few weeks, and I think he also sprained his ankle on Thursday night's game. So we'll see what, what his Kyrie is. can't figure out if he wants to play or if he doesn't. Or, you know, I just... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, Kyrie, that's a different story altogether. I mean, that's that's the one guy where it's injuries amidst a long list of other reasons why he he might miss games but it has just been that kind of year this many games in a condensed schedule no practice time you're still traveling the covid protocols it's been very very difficult and teams are paying the price the plus side for the lakers is they're at least getting healthier at a critical point in the season whereas some teams there's still a lot of unknowns and you and, and that unknown could bleed into the postseason for some of these teams. For a team like Denver, they know for sure they're not going to have Jamal Murray till next year, and it might not even be at the beginning of the year; it might be at the latter part. So who knows? But the the good news for the Lakers is they did get one of their stars back in the last week on on this four game road trip. Anthony Davis, AD, who was not having the greatest season before he went down, missed thirty games, which I believe was a career high for him. Uh, at least 30 games in a row that, I mean, uh, up until that point in 2019 where he sat out the second half of the season for new Orleans, but that doesn't really count. That wasn't really injury related. That was just, Hey, we're planning on trading you. So don't hurt your value. Just sit on right. the bench and, uh, and look right. Good. Exactly. But yeah. So Anthony Davis, 
is back. And each game, he's gotten a little bit better. That first game was rough against Dallas on a minutes restriction. He started to get it together in the fourth quarter of the second Dallas game. Both games were such disappointing losses. Both games, to me, should have been wins, especially that second game. No Chris Tasperzingis, no Josh Richardson, and he lay an egg in the fourth quarter. Complete uh, laid down. Oh, definitely. But he looked good in the Orlando game, especially, I mean, really from the start. But he finally started to make some shots again in that fourth quarter and this last loss that they had at the hands of the Washington Wizards who've been just phenomenal I mean you want to talk about making a statement late in the season I don't think anyone's going to want to play them right now so yes it's a sub five it's a a loss to a sub 500 team but a team that's been playing a lot better than the Lakers Lakers are just I believe two and five in their last seven so they've been dropping a lot of games whereas Washington. They won four of the last five, yeah, I believe. Four of the last five. Actually, they've won nine out of ten. That last win against the Lakers gave them nine wins in their last ten contests. So they've been playing, they've been playing really well. So wow. yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? So Anthony Davis had an interesting quote after the game. You could tell, yeah, he's starting to feel good again, starting to shake off that rust, getting into a good rhythm. The three-point shot is falling. The post game looks good, even though he did get posterized. Who was that? Hutchinson, right? Nah, I mean, it's kind of, that reminded no, I'm sorry, me of Rui Hachimura. Rui Hachimura. Hachimura. That kind of reminded that dunk, nice dunk, but it was offensive foul. Kind of like, remember we got that steal off Chris Paul and dunked on him, right? But he had his whole elbow in Chris Paul's face, right? I don't oh, know if yeah. you, if yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. remember that, that, that dunk in the 2012, 2013 season, the one season that Dwight was playing for the Lakers, but kind of looked like an offensive foul, especially in today's game, right? Where anything that the offensive player can do to gain an advantage, whether it be in the air, jumping, or, you know, whatever it may be. Could have definitely been called an offensive foul, but nice dunk. Hey, you got you got me. This is the NBA. You, right. You're going to get got at some point. And give Washington credit. I mean, that was a frustrating game because things just progressively got worse. Lakers made a little push at the end, but the game was done. Westbrook's been great all season long. Bradley Beal's been playing very, very good basketball. And a lot of their role players, Alex Len, Robin Lopez, Gafford, they just outworked, out-hustled, out-played, and out-toughed the Lakers. I tell you, if there's one thing that's annoyed me in the in these last on this road trip and even before that, it's the fact that the Lakers have looked very soft, Chaz. You know, and I say it like Eddie Murphy from life, soft. S-O-F, capital T. Softer that's, than a wet Q-tip. Like that's how the man, Lakers LeVar have Ball looked, man. Say. Yeah. Shout Soft. out LeVar Ball for calling Michael Thompson <laughs> softer than a wet Q-tip. I'll never <laughs> forget that. That was great. Yeah. But here's here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. Here's what I, here's what I want to say about how I don't – is it soft? Yes. But I think the more correct word is entitled, right? To me, we talked a little bit offline. I think that the Lakers' sense of urgency – is more similar to what the Clippers sense of urgency was last year. Right. Right. Like meaning, okay, we're going to be in the playoffs. We know we're going to be there. We're going to wait until we have our, you know, until everybody's clicking, we'll turn, we'll be able to turn it on when we want. And you just weren't, you weren't able to turn it on in seven games against Denver and you got bounced out in the second round. Right. I'm really hoping that the Lakers aren't the same thing. Obviously injuries have ravaged this team. There's been COVID protocols the last 18 months for this team, even going all the way back to, going to China and dealing with Daryl Morey's, you know, tweet and everything, like just the last 18 months for the Kobe, COVID, all kinds of stuff, right? Like, right. but at the end of the day, I think that there's a sense of entitlement that this team has at the moment um, 
because they know they're going to get LeBron James back at some point. So it's like, it's like, okay, we're playing, but we're not really playing all the way up to our potential. Yeah, we know AD's coming back. We're still trying to, you know, implement Drummond into the lineup. KCP's starting to find his stroke. Unfortunately, Kyle Kuzma is taking a step back at the same time. Taylor Horton Tucker's playing better, but he keeps turning the ball over. Right. Dennis Shorter's hot and cold because he's, you know, he's, he's beefing up his leadership, but, he, but at the same time, because he has the ball in his hands more, he's getting more turnovers. It's a Marquise Morris cannot find the bottom of the basket. Oh, for his last 21 from downtown to, to save his life. Somebody reached out to him like, man, why is this guy shooting? And he tweeted back like, Hey, I'm getting them all out of the way right now. Like hopefully Good answer. by the time <laughs> the playoff comes, I'm ready. He better be ready because if I see him clank as much as he is right now, there's no way he's going to, he's going to get as much playing time as JaVale and Dwight did in that rocket series. That's how much playing time Marquise Morris will get. But I say all that to say that I think the more correct word isn't, um, lack of urgency uh, or soft. I think they, they're just entitled and they just know that once they get the big dogs back and, and they're fully 100% and have some games under their belt, right. um, but after they come back, like AD is now, you know, scoring 26 points, five rebounds, 31 minutes, really getting back into a good groove. Um, they just know that they can turn it on. And sometimes that switch may not work when you need it to, as the Clippers found out last year. And I just really hope that that's not the case with our Lakers this year, but you can only help but wonder. Yeah, and here's the difference. The Lakers are the defending champions. The Clippers weren't. So that sense of entitlement was completely like, why? What was the reasoning behind it? Because you beat the Lakers a couple times during the regular season. So, yes, I do think the Lakers, though, they deserve that benefit of the doubt because most of this group was on last year's championship team. But some of the guys were not there. Montrez Harrell was not on the team. Uh, Andre Drummond was not on the team. McLemore, Schroeder, Gasol. So, uh, you know, for, from that aspect, you're right. They shouldn't have that sense of entitlement. But as a whole, when you know that you've been able to win some big games and you know that there's possibly, you know, potentially the best player in the league, arguably the best player in the league, still, still who has not returned yet, you know that what, we're, what teams are seeing right now won't be what they see come the middle of May when the playoffs start and now the real season, you know, begins. You could pull a stripe off of us during the regular season, fine. But can you pull that, can you pull four stripes off of us in seven tries? That's really the, the big question right there. So I think the Lakers in the back of their mind, they do have that sort of confidence, but you're right. It doesn't give you an excuse to go out there and lay an egg uh, against teams that you should be able to beat. That second Dallas game told me everything that I needed to know. Obviously AD wasn't. Oh, I was very He's upset. Coming. He's yeah, coming back, but I was, you know, I don't think I've ever been as upset as I was sure. this year, this season for a loss, because after coming off of that first Dallas loss on Thursday, the 22nd, where you could have won that game, KCP yeah. had damn near 30 points, Drummond had damn near 20 rebounds, Shorter had They led in the assists. second half. They, they led, led they in were, the second half, yeah. Shorter was hitting threes, mm -hmm. they were doing what they needed to, and they just they just let the rope go at the, at the very last minute, right. and um, Finney Smith hit a three that kind of put them up and, and that was it. They lost by five points, but that after that loss, I was like, okay, they all said it in the post game. We all said it as fans. It's like, okay, we don't like to lose two, two in a row, especially to the same team that we could possibly face in the playoffs. If, sure. if they get hot, 
this is a game that we have to win. I know it's only 80s second game coming back after missing 30 games. This is one we need. We all know that we need to have. And not only that, that they publicly acknowledge after the first Dallas loss, we got to get this one for standings purposes because we're only up a game and a half or two games over the Dallas Mavericks. So this, we need another game and we just, and we lose by 15 and we were, and it's within five points within three minutes left, but we lose by 15. Yeah. Why? Because you just let the rope go. And that to me just showed me that, Hey man, we're just trying to, we're just trying to flip the strips, but, but sometimes when LeBron James isn't on the floor, you're just not drizzy. You can't flip the switch like that. And that's just not how the game works. You can't cheat the game. No. You can't cut corners and you can't disrespect the game at the end of the day because the basketball gods will come and haunt you in your sleep. And that's and what they're doing with Laker fans right now. It's a great point. And uh, I, I agree. I was very upset. And, I, and I'm just going to say this now so we could put it behind us. The Lakers got... I'm sorry. They deserve whatever they got coming. And I say that because when that team is that shorthanded, and of course you're shorthanded too. Second game with AD back. I understand. You were up 17 in that game. You had Luca in a stray jacket in that first half. Second half, now the shots don't fall. You're not defending. Luca has found an adjustment to the pick and roll to, to the trap. Now he's getting it out to Dwight Powell, the roll man. He's finishing at the rim. It became a layup line. And that's been the one common theme over these last five games is how many easy opportunities these opponents are getting either on dribble drive penetration on pick and rolls on pick and pops. I mean, they're either getting a dunk, they're getting a wide open shot or they're getting to the free throw line. And oh. It's all, and it's all been the, the same common denominator, dribble, drive, penetration, no help defense, no communication. And the Lakers are paying the price for that. Yes. I understand number one ranked defense and all of that, but my eyes are telling me differently. The number one ranked defense may have been in March, but so far here in April, there's been a lot more easier buckets that the opponents are getting. And they are really, even with Andre Drummond and now Anthony Davis back, it's still a layup line. You saw it. On, on a Wednesday night in Washington, how many easy buckets did those dudes get? They were, they were living in the paint. So th- that's an area, and we're going to get to the defense a little bit later on, but it's the defense, it's the cold shooting that Anthony Davis hasn't really fixed yet. I mean, and I'm not talking about his cold shooting. I'm talking about as a team. Those dry spells where you see on the ticker, zero field goals in the last three minutes, five four minutes, minutes five four, minutes. Yeah. So yeah. it's a combination of both things. So it's not like, we're struggling to make shots, but we could still hang our hat on our defense. Now you're struggling in both areas and you're blowing leads quickly. And you're not a, because of the cold shooting, you're not able to get back into a game quickly either. That's been the frustrating part for, for, for me and this team. Yeah. A few things just to answer kind of what you said, like, why is it, you know, we'll talk about it, you know, on our last topic about the defense specifically, but three things and I'll come back to them later but number one you're implementing Andre Drummond who's pretty much the defensive role man who's or guarding that defensive role man in, pri- in primary pick and rolls um, lack of practice time as well only 14 maybe 15 practices this entire season but they're, the Lakers are not the only team that have had a lack of practice time so no excuses and number three the game against the second game against Dallas on Saturday the 24th was the worst coaching defensive adjustments I've ever seen Frank Vogel 
make. I saw your tweets. Or or lack of adjustments. I had never the the lack of it like for him to adjust from the first game to the second game the way that he did defensively was great. But after the first half of the second game and Rick Carlisle and Luca decided to and, and Dwight Powell figured it out as far as you know, okay, they're they're blitzing me on every prick and roll who's open. The lack of adjustment to that to be able to have a free to have, let Dwight Powell or Finney Smith have free reign to the basket or be open was just astounding to me. Like I just yeah. couldn't believe that. Like okay, for a full quarter, got you. They scored thirty five points in the third quarter. Cool. They cannot score thirty plus in the fourth quarter. You have to make the adjustments to say okay, we can't blitz Luca on everyone. Just make him beat us or make somebody else beat us. Right. And, and that's exactly what Dwight Powell did. Guys are having career nights against the Lakers from Hachimura to um, what's the yeah. guy's name? Uh, Okiki in Orlando. Yeah, to, he had a big night. To, to Finney Smith, to, you know, like just Dwight Powell, 25 points on 11 Dwight of Powell, 12. Dwight Powell yeah. looked like Dwight Howard that night. 25 points on 11 of 12 shooting. The so, guy averages five points a game. Yeah, and and that's been a common theme all season long. The the Lakers and, and me and David Portillo of the Showtime Forum, we came up with the random Laker killer of the night. It's a random guy that you don't expect to have a big night. It's bad enough you got to worry about these stars. Now you're worrying about like the eighth, ninth guy off the bench coming in and having 15 to 25 points. I mean, that's just inexcusable right there. But that's been the common theme. One, because Lakers have been shorthanded. And two, they are the defending champs. You see that Laker uniform on. You see the Lakers on that schedule. You're bringing your A game. That's just how it is. But if you are not matching that intensity or you are playing lackluster defense and, like you said, not respecting your opponent, then guess what? These are NBA players. They're going to burn you at some point. So exactly, exactly. So the sense of urgency, the execution, all of that has got to change. And Drummond, you know, uh, you mentioned 14, 15 practices. You could count on one hand how many practices Andre Drummond has actually been a part of since he's been here. He He came in had the toe injury, so he had to miss time for that, wasn't probably practicing much. And then Not 100%. You can't be 100%. There's no way he has a full toenail right now. No, but he's probably got half a toenail now, so it's probably getting better. It uh, hurts. But, yeah, but and he's been – I mean, numbers-wise, it's been okay, but the, the defensive presence you could tell is lacking because he's not comfortable in the system yet. You could tell he's still finding his way. You combine that with – now being under the microscope with fans and media and all these expectations that you didn't have to deal with in, 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 uh, in Detroit or Cleveland, it's enough to really overwhelm some people or, or maybe not overwhelm, but certainly put you in a position where, wow, like there's a lot more riding on this than I've ever had to deal with in my life. Like this is LA, this is championship or bust. And this is a team that has a legitimate chance at winning a championship. So I've obviously got to step up to the learning curve quick. So I think with all that being said, Drummond has been good. I don't think he's been great. But once again, you come in midseason, no practice time, no real time to bond or, or get to know your teammates or build, more importantly, build that on-court chemistry. So every game is almost like a practice. And now you're having to learn how to play with another dynamic big man. And I know he's got some experience doing that with uh, with Blake Griffin in Detroit. But Anthony Davis is not Blake Griffin. And this is only, what, their third, fourth game together? So you have to give it some time. 
And get this, and, and Chaz, you pointed this out a few weeks ago. They're going to have to readjust again when LeBron James comes back. Even though LeBron James is going to help, especially on the offensive end, that's still going to be an adjustment. Where do we have to be? Both ends of the floor. Where, where is the help coming from? Do I have my feet under me? Am I in the right place? Who am I helping out for? Those types of things. So it's a lot to digest. So in one aspect, I guess we have to give this team a little bit of slack. Not much, but a little bit. I'm going to skip. I'm going to, in real time, skip over our second topic. We're going to come back to that real quick because I think this is just a good segue because, frank, quite frankly, LeBron is just more important than AD. And <laughs> okay, Jazz. <laughs> and, and, and and I just want to and I just want to go directly into that really quick because you you brought up a really good point. The Lakers are not only going to have to readjust when the, when LeBron James comes back. I think this upcoming weekend on right. Sunday against Toronto could be as soon as Friday against Sacramento. Could even be as late as next Thursday against the Clippers. Who knows when he's exactly going to well, come? He's back. not playing Friday night against Sac. We know that. Okay, great. We do know that he is out listed on the injury report, mm-hmm. but quite interesting that he's the only superstar to have no timeline on anything. Like, I, I at least KD had a timeline, Giannis had a timeline, Embiid had somewhat of a timeline. You know, every you know, even Donovan Mitchell, we're hearing, but LeBron has had no timeline. He's just been out indefinitely, and then now he all of a sudden he's just going to come back. And even after- Vogel was saying that too. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's kind of cool, but. Um, your question to open up the pod was, is he the stir that makes, I'm sorry, is he the straw that makes or stirs, that the, stirs drink? the drink? Yeah. And it's an old Reggie. So Reggie Jackson, of course, Mr. October, not, not the Clippers point guard was one of the great baseball players of all time. And I, and during that 77 season with the Yankees, he made a controversial at the time, controversial comment. Like I'm the straw that stirs the drink. And this Yankees team was already a World Series championship team. So you had Chris Shambliss and Thurman Munson, a lot of these other guys, Greg Nettles. And uh, I just remember Reggie Jackson ended up being that straw that serves the drink because he was huge in that World Series, World Series MVP. LeBron James, even with all this talent around him, Drummond, AD, Kuzma, KCP, Schroeder, Trez, you name them, Caruso, THT, it's still going to come down on LeBron James. It's, LeBron. He, he is that guy. LeBron just isn't the straw that serves the drink. He's the whole cup <laughs> that holds the drink in it to me. Like AD is the ice and everybody else is the liquid that goes in the cup. LeBron James is the damn cup that's holding everything together. And if, and if the cup breaks, then everything is just all on the counter. And that's what you're seeing with the Lakers right now, man. You're seeing win. You're seeing loss, loss, win. Loss, win, loss, win, loss, loss, win. I can't remember the last time they won two in a row, man. The last time they won two in a row, just because I have it right here. (laughs) Nice. Is against Cleveland and Orlando on the 26th and the 28th of March. It's been a month since the Lakers have won two in a row. And the time before that was Minnesota and Charlotte, ironically, right before the Atlanta game when LeBron James got hurt on that Saturday afternoon. So LeBron James is the cup. And here's and here's a point that I wanted to make, and I've been thinking about it all day, especially when we, you know, we talk about topics before we do the pod and everything. Right. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it as well, and I'm like, not only are the Lakers going to have to make an adjustment when he comes back, but they're also going to have to readjust again once the playoffs start, because regular season basketball and playoff basketball are two completely different versions of that. Unfortunately, LeBron is only going to get 
six to eight games max to even get some kind of footing up under him before he even gears up for the playoffs, regardless of if the Lakers, you know, are able to avoid the play-in or not. To be honest with you, I think that making the play-in might be good for the Lakers, given the fact that they need the reps, need, you know, need the reps to be able to get into the rhythm needed to start a full seven game series with the Denver Nuggets or whoever the case may be. I have, yeah, I've said that. No, 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 no. I was, I was going to turn it back, but I've echoed that same sentiment. I've talked to Jonathan Watson on, on the IG post game stuff. And I've even said like the play in tournament wouldn't be the worst thing. Is it risky? Of course, because your margin for error is slim instead of four chances out of seven, it's what two, two chances. And, and that's it. But when you look back at just baseball reference, some of those teams who won that wild card game, essentially that game, that win propelled them to win a world series championship. So why couldn't it have the same effect in basketball? Right? So just something to keep in mind, but it is risky though at this, you know, a guy like Steph can go off or if the Mavs are there, you'd have to face Luca. I mean, it's not an ideal situation where you could just roll past who's ever there, especially in the East. Yeah, not, not at all. Um, but then on the flip side to that, we, so we're talking about lack of practice time. That's a full week that you would get to practice, essentially. Right. Not every day, but mm-hmm. at least to, to get two or three practices in before the seven-game series, especially to lock in on whatever opponent that you – that if the Lakers don't make the – if they avoid the plan, they know who they're going to face the entire time while Portland and Memphis and the Warriors and Pelicans, if they make it, you know, are, are playing in. So it's, it's a two-sided coin. Obviously, I'd rather – the Lakers get the fourth or fifth seed or sixth seed. I was hoping that they were going to get the fourth seed, but based on the standings are four games back, best case scenario, they stay at the five seed and they face Denver in the first round. Worst case scenario, they drop all the way down to seven. Hell, they might even, even when LeBron James comes back, they're still probably going to lose a game or two. Like if you take a look at, if you look at the schedule, like let's say LeBron, let's say they beat Sacramento on Friday Mm -hmm. and they come back and they they beat Toronto, they could very well, even with LeBron James, lose to Denver, Clippers, Blazers, Suns. Like those are four tough games back to back to back to back. So, I mean, it's not inconceivable to see the Lakers lose even with LeBron and AD on the floor working themselves back into injury, trying to implement Drummond while still implementing Shorter. Shorter's going to have to find a different role because he's been the ball handle. He's going to have to take a step back. Just a lot of different things. But at the end of the of day, is LeBron James the straw? Yeah. Not only that, he's the whole damn cut. So. Well, I, I, I'm sure Reggie would agree with that. But the straw that serves the drink to me is you. this is the guy that makes it all work you could survive a few games in the Lakers case. They've been able to, to survive a few months without their star players. One of them for two and a half months, another one for a whole month plus. So the fact that you haven't slid precipitously, like you and I, and a lot of other people thought, Hey, they're probably going to slide out of that top six into the seventh. The fact that they were able to go from what, two, three to about five. That's actually not bad. But it also goes to show you what a bloodbath the Western Conference has been this year. Everyone's been beating each other up. There's been injuries and whatnot. Even Utah kind of went through a little bit of a rough patch. So the, the Clippers, before they you know lost two in a row, they had won 11 out of 12. 
But LeBron James, what makes him special is the same way that Magic Johnson was special for the Lakers. Could the Lakers, could the Showtime Lakers win a lot of games without Magic Johnson? Probably. They'd probably even still be a playoff caliber team because you got Kareem, you got Worthy, you got Scott and Cooper. But Magic is what got them over the top. Magic makes life easier for everybody. Magic demands so much attention that all you have to do is just be in the right place, right time, and be ready to shoot or, or lay it up. That is LeBron James. He makes life easier for people because he is a pass-first player. And yeah, in his sleep, he could drop 26, 27, 28 points. If you need him to, he could take over a game offensively. And I think the best part about this situation with him missing time he finally was able to get some rest. He hasn't really been able to rest. And a lot of these guys haven't. You went 71 days from the last from the last game, which was the championship clincher, to the first day of the season. It's been tough. And um, yeah, so, so now you get that rest aspect. So hopefully when he comes back, he will be able to hit the ground running and won't need as much time to get himself into game shape and ramp up to where he was before he, because he was playing really well before he got hurt. So hopefully he can get back to that point sooner than, than, than later because only 10 games left too. LeBron has been out 20 games, right? Yeah, I believe something, so. Something like that. It's I think a, they're seven. A, yeah, they're like seven and 12 without him or something or seven yeah, it's uh, been, and 12. Been, yeah, it's been definitely over a month. He, he's yeah. right at that six week mark, six Sunday would be Saturday would be the six week mark. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to know how much of this time that he's missed has been due to injury and how much of it has been rest. Like at say, what, yeah. like at what point in that time, if the playoffs had started on X day, would he have just played because it's playoff basketball as opposed to, Hey, is the regular season is still coming. I'm, I'm willing to bet that of those, 20 games he probably could have played after maybe 12 yeah 10 to 12 so another another eight to 10 games missed means another three to three weeks of these six weeks maybe half the time or so and this is just me speculating i don't know i don't have any any insider sources or anything like that i just know the game and i've been following the guy ever since 2003 but i'm thinking that Obviously, he has had time to rest. And even though that we're sliding, like, as well, and this is kind of me thinking off the top, let's say the Lakers were in the Warriors position mm. instead of having the fourth or fifth seed. At what point would have LeBron James come back, or even AD for that matter, come back to get the Lakers back into even a play-in spot as opposed to slipping and falling out of the 10th seed and into 11, 12, or even as low as 15? in the conference. So I, these are all thoughts that I have. We'll never get the answers obviously because they're all hypothetical, but I say all that to say, I think I'm, I'm thinking that a lot of this was rest for LeBron and I'm hoping that he's not going to have to work his way back. He's going to be ready to go. He looked really good in that jog, even though Skip Bayless wanted to play him like he was some, you know, chump just jogging up and down the floor. Um, and but to his point, you the LeBron was just jogging up and down. I'd like to see what he's like laterally when it comes time to stopping and planning and slide defensive slides and things of that nature. And we'll probably get to see hopefully by the end of this weekend. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I think we'll be all right. 
I, I hope so too. And obviously this team is going to be a different team with LeBron James. And I know the, these have been, this has been a frustrating stretch, but the fact that they've been able to keep their heads above water and tread water, like we were talking about, not uh, on one of our last pods, it just goes to show you the depth of this team, the coaching, they've been able to really still hang their hat on their defense and they are cleaning up other areas. They have been cleaning up the, the, the defense, but the three point shooting is still, for whatever reason, uh, not only is it bad, but they're leaning on those shots instead of just taking them when they're open. They're, they're jacking them up. And I hope at the very least, if LeBron James comes back, you're not leaning on that three-point shot as much and you're getting higher quality looks. Uh, a lot of guys have been able to step up. I mean, Dennis Schroeder had a big fourth quarter in, in the KCP. Orlando game. KCP, after a horrible march, has gotten back on track. and A horrible like- season. Well, no, I wouldn't say a horrible season. He had a good start in January, and then February, March just was not the same. That's when the injury started happening. Wasn't quite the same. April, though, he's looked a lot more aggressive, assertive, more confident, and he's getting it done on both ends. He's looking like the, the KCP in the bubble last year. So, which And even Schroeder, capable of taking over the fourth quarter, and that's another aspect that LeBron, I think, even told him, like, hey, listen, you're not a regular point guard. And even when I come back, and Anthony Davis echoed the same sentiment, don't stop being aggressive. Go out there, attack, dribble, drive, collapse the defense, and either finish, get fouled, or find an open shooter. And I hope Dennis Schroeder continues to do that. Montrezl Harrell sat out a game in Dallas. I think it was more for rest than anything because he had had a rough seven, eight game stretch from the end of the last road trip to when the Lakers came back home and played Boston and, and Utah. He just was not the same guy. He played okay in that just, first. My man just gets hit in the hits hit gets hit in the chops. Yeah. Every game. And I think, and, and I think Frank, yeah, exactly. I mean, it seems like every, every game, he, I, I want to say game, Montrez, he's holding his mouth. Montrez Harrell averages in addition to maybe a block a game. He also averages one hit to the face, a hit and a half. I would say one and a half. <laughs> yeah, one and a half <laughs> hits to the face at each game, but also too, you know, Vogel's trying to keep the rotation going. I think he's also using this to see how matchups are, are going to look. Is there a certain lineup that maybe I could go to? How does Marcus Gasol look with some of these guys? He's obviously been incorporating Macklemore a lot more to the point where Wesley Matthews, is completely falling out of the rotation. So there's a lot of things changing. And like we've said, it's going to change again. Once LeBron James comes back, we've already seen it change with Anthony Davis coming back and Anthony Davis to me, this last game did look a lot more like AD on the offensive end. Now we just need to see him on the defensive end, a little bit more consistently develop a a better rapport with Andre Drummond, but that's all going to take time. I mean, they've only, once again, you could count on one hand how many times these guys have played together and how many practices have they had? What, two, maybe three? So there's a lot of things there. I think two. But at the end of the day, we're going to go back to the, to, to the first topic, urgency. If you, this team plays with urgency, you saw it in the fourth quarter, Chaz, of the Orlando game. When they decide to step it up, when they decide like, okay, enough is enough, we got to put the kids to bed. Literally put those kids to bed. That is when this team shines. They, they show off the effort on the defensive end. 
The offense is clicking. You, the ball movement is better. That's another aspect that's kind of been lacking over the last couple of weeks. The ball movement hasn't been as sharp. And that's, that was a, that was a theme of that. This team was going to have this year is that we're going to move the ball better. We're going to be crisper with our passes. We don't want to just one dribble pass to LeBron and everyone get out of the way. Yes. There's a time and a place to do that, but we've been seeing that a lot more lately where everyone's trying to win the game by themselves. So there's a lot of issues that, ties in with effort and urgency as well as execution. And you hope that in these last 10 games, whenever they get LeBron back with eight games left, with nine games back, with seven games left, you hope that those areas get cleaned up as much as possible heading into the postseason. Yeah. I mean, I think AD is going to be just fine. Personally, I think AD has shown me that his jumper is starting to come back. Um, he's actually passing out of double teams a lot better than he was even last year, in my opinion. Um, and I, I just think that he's the more time that he has under his belt, he came back at the perfect time, in my opinion, because you have these 10 games or so to really ramp up and to have the flexibility that you need to, you know, play as many minutes as you think, or the coaching staff and the medical staff sees fit to be able to ramp him up enough so that way, by the time playoff games start, he's in a rhythm, he's playing, he's healthy, um, and he does look full, fully healthy. doesn't look he like does, yeah. there's anything lingering. He's moving laterally. He's not scared to jump between two people. I remember there was a there was a pass, that shorter, like a lead pass in between two people, I think Hachimura and Westbrook, and he, and he jumped. I had no idea that he was actually going to try for this ball. He actually jumped up, grabbed it, and dunked it. And I was like, okay, all right. Like, 80s, 80s back. And you saw those first couple games where everything was just short. He was 0 for 10 for his first three, uh, 10 three-pointers. And then he finally gets one, I think, in that Orlando game um, on Monday. And then I I believe he hit two threes, two of five um, in that Washington game. Two big threes that the Lakers needed to even stay, even within, you know, striking distance. Right. And he's just conti- he's just going to continue to ramp up. And his game is he hasn't had the season that we all thought that AD would have mm-hmm. after, especially after signing a five-year max deal. Um, it wasn't there. It just it, it just wasn't there. And and I think one could argue how healthy was he during that time? And we don't was know. and was this calf injury already starting to linger? You know, I, I I'm going to use a plumbing analogy. You know, like when a sink is uh, needs to be snaked but you don't know it right away. The yeah. water slowly starts to take more time to drain right. and what you don't know it until it's clogged. Uh, and then, and then all of a sudden, boom, then it gets clogged. Now it's like, okay, now I need, I need a plumber. Now I need a snake this drain. I wonder if it was sort of a, if that calf injury was already starting to build up. And I want to say you and Devon, when you guys were doing the post game, you guys were kind of talking about that, especially as outside shooting, the lift wasn't there. People called it an effort issue, an energy issue, but how much of it was actually him being healthy and how much of it was him maybe having a championship hangover. And it could have been a combination of both. I'm just spitballing here because he was not playing well before the injury. Now, you, if you're AD, you could sort of hide behind the injury and say, hey, the reason why I'm playing great now and not earlier was because I was hurt. I never vocalized this on a public platform like our podcast or even – or Slack or Twitter or anything like that. But to me, I'm not sure if it was the same foot. I believe it is the right foot. 
that AD hurt in game five. Yes. Of the NBA Finals. And let me just interrupt you. LeBron James on that thing that he did with Ali Clifton and Richard Jefferson. I think it was road tripping. Yeah. Road tripping. He said that AD's heel was black and blue going into game six. Like he had, they had to cut it open and drain it and get all that pus and all that crap out of there. Reminded me of what Kobe had to do in the middle of the finals in 2010, bind him as well. So eight, you're, you're, there could be something to that. I'm going to turn it back over to you, but I wanted to point that out that that heel was a very serious injury. All that stuff is connected. Yeah. The hip bone connected to the thigh bone connected to the, all that stuff is connected. That, mm-hmm. that calf muscle connected to the Achilles connected to the heel. All that stuff is it's relative to each other. And you'd be crazy to think that 71 days after winning an NBA championship and ramping up in less than 71 days. Yeah, that's just the time in between games. You still have to training camp, practice, preseason, you know, right. All of that stuff. Even yeah. though he didn't play in any of that, it's just a condensed schedule too. Condensed Keep that schedule mind. playing every other day instead yeah. of playing, you know, and I'm I'm even thinking about next season. Like it's like okay, the, the if the Lakers go to the finals and win the championship this year, That'll, that'll happen as late as the end of July. Are they going to start as early as October again? Or are they going to, you know, like... I think it are- would go back... No, no, that's a great point. I think they would go back to end of October, not the middle of October, like they were doing in the last couple of years before COVID. Maybe even the beginning of November. Remember, the season used to always start right after Labor Day. Or, oh, I'm sorry, after... Uh, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween, my bad. Yeah. So... Yeah, all good. You know, you, you, you never know, but at, at the end of the day, I think that it's perfect timing for AD. It might be perfect timing for LeBron because LeBron James wasn't as hurt as AD. Mm. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, but moreover than anything, I'm just concerned um, with everyone thinking that they can turn on a switch. And sometimes you try and hit that switch and SoCal Edison just not there to, t- to turn on the light. So We'll see, but I think more than anything, we're concerned also about, even though we are the number one defense, what this defense has been looking like this last road trip, especially in the last three games. Yeah, it has not looked good. Uh, the defense has really been sporadic, uh, and, and it's been the layup line. That's the one common theme that we've seen in these four games. The two in Dallas, the one in Orlando, and the one in Washington was how many quality looks the opponents are getting and we're not even just talking quality looks from beyond the arc we're talking about layups we brought in Andre Drummond or I should say the Lakers brought in Andre Drummond to shore up some of those issues now you have him along with Anthony Davis back and you think we should have a twin tower effect why are these teams still killing us so I don't know is this a paint defense issue or is this a a a breakdown of the perimeter defense that's allowing these guards to just carve up through the Schroeders, the KCPs, the Carusos, get into the paint, collapse, and now either finish themselves or dish it off to Drummond's guy or AD's guy and because they, they have to help and nobody's helping the helper. And those guys are now it getting is, layups. To me, my answer would be it's a lack of communication and continuity issue. It's not a matter of effort or talent or ability. It's a matter of communication and continuity and not having the time enough to be able to do that uh, I believe Drummond has played in eight games total yeah I want to say it's it, between eight and ten it's right around there yeah and two of those with with AD on the floor maybe 
three, actually. Or four, since he came back last Thursday. Mm -hmm. But either way, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just not enough time. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, LeBron James being hurt doesn't help this at all. But I think it's not a matter of ability or talent or anything of that nature. I think it's just continuity and time and lack of communication because you just don't have the practice time to have somebody that big and that much of a behemoth in the paint not be able to communicate. And to be honest with you, I put that a, as far as on court, I put that on shorter more than anybody, to be honest. Vogel's, Vogel's not putting on a uniform. The, no, point guard is, the point guard is supposed to be the extension of the head coach on the floor. And as great as Schroeder has been, as many great articles that have been written about him by Jovan and Dave McMiniman and even, you know, uh, Bill Orem, great articles talking about Schroeder and, and what he wants. There's no way I'm paying him $25 million a year unless he does what we think he can do in the playoffs and specifically the finals. If he does that, great. Take your 25 mil, we'll play the luxury tats and we'll, we'll go from there. But overall, I just think that it's just a lack of continuity and it's just a matter of time until the Lakers really turn me up, turn them up, turn them up in the, uh, in the playoffs. And I, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to take a little bit more time to get the defense back to where it was. We're not saying it's dropped off like it, during the last month. We're talking about really the last couple of weeks from the end of the road trip to now. I mean, at the end of the previous road trip, the seven-game uh, road trip to now, it has dropped off. You've seen a lot of teams have big performances, and it's been the paint points, it's been the free throws. They've been getting into the penalty a lot more, a lot sooner in a quarter lately. And so now that the, you rack up that many fouls and you're out of fouls by the eight minute mark, guess what? Teams are going to attack. See, here's the thing. It's not a matter of the amount of points that they're letting teams score going up. It's the how quality. Easy yeah. It's quality. The quality of these points that are Agreed. coming where it's not even a contest mm. and floaters and, like the way Okiki was able to just get off. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony in that yeah. Orlando game. I mean, there was a chance the Lakers could have lost that game if you got if you didn't watch that game. I know yeah. that, I know they won by eleven and everything like that. And they pulled away because Shorter hit some big shots. Oh, he was incredible. Yeah. But if it wasn't for those big shots, they were only up by three, four points with less than, you know, three, four minutes to game to go in the game. So right. You know, the, these stats and these, you know, final scores don't really tell all the whole story. If you watch the game, you'll know that mm -hmm. a lot of these games have been closer than they really could have. They really could have lost that Utah game that they won in overtime against Utah on that Saturday. Very mm -hmm. well could, should, probably should have, especially after Clarkson hit that uh, that three um, on, the, on the right wing. So Schroeder leaving him. Yeah, and, and Schroeder leaving him. You know, that Boston loss was terrible. Letting Jared, was bad, Jalen, yeah. Jalen Brown get off that New York loss, even worse, especially coming off your biggest win of the season. Right. That Miami loss was terrible on the road, especially when you had the game right there for your taking. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's not only the way that teams are scoring, but it's the way that the Lakers are letting teams score and the way that they're losing. So mm -hmm. um, hopefully you hope that, having one of the greatest players of all time coming back on the floor is going to shore that up, but he can't, he's not going to do it all and he can't do it all. And hopefully he just instills a little bit more 
fervor and energy into everybody else to get them going because we know you know when you play on the floor with somebody like that you just always want to give it your best and that and that kind of player just makes you try that much harder and that's just pretty much what I'm banking on for this Lakers team if not then you know I don't think they'll get bounced out in the first round but they very I mean in the second round especially if you stay in the five seed I could definitely see Utah beating us definitely yeah and that's why I said you deserve if you play like you have been this last week and on this last road trip you deserve whatever you got coming. And that, that applies to a lot of different things. That applies to seating. That applies to matchups. That applies to home court. That applies to everything. Let because me just say this. You deserve whatever you got coming if you play with that kind of effort, that piss poor execution, and that sense of laziness and just thinking, ah, we'll be fine. You've got to, at what point are you going to say enough is enough? We got to string together two good weeks of basketball and I'm not saying we got to go on a 10 game winning streak, but let's at least close out with the bang and show people that we are still a force as good as Utah is as, as great of a season Phoenix has had the Clippers have looked good. Denver's still a solid team. They're trying to make, they're trying to, you know, play uh, without Jamal Murray, who was so huge for them last year. You got to still show that we are still a force and you can't just, live off your laurels and, and your, and last year's championship, because, Hey, this is a new year and teams are gunning for you. They want to dethrone the champs. So this is your opportunity to show like, Hey, enough's enough. We will take you guys down when we are locked in and healthy and playing the right way. Ain't not, none of you are going to beat us. We'll go into your house and we'll take a game or two. So that's what I want to see. I want to see that tough mentality. I haven't seen that in the last few weeks. The only thing I'm playing that I'm praying for is that the Lakers do not face the best team in the Western Conference. And if I know you, like I think I know you, you're going to tell me the right answer to this question. Chris, who is the best team in the Western Conference as of this moment on April 29th at 10, 10 p.m. on a Thursday? Who is the best in the West right now? Are you talking record wise? No, just who is playing the absolute, who is the best team as of this moment as right this, now? As of this moment, it's Phoenix. Is that the wrong answer? Wrong answer. It's the LA Clippers. Okay. It's the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, I give it to the Clippers. Clippers I give it are to not the- healthy though. That's why I can't give it to them because I don't know what they're going to look like. They should be better, right? Once okay. they get Beverly and Ibaka and Kawhi back okay. and whatnot, but Yes, I have been, and I've said this from the beginning, the Clippers shorthanded this year have still been able to put out a great product. They've still been able to play really good basketball. And they They have have. excuses. And shout out to Ty Lue. You know, for all this talk about him being a LeBron's puppet, he's showing that he's actually coaching these guys and putting them in a position to be successful. Combine that with the season Reggie Jackson has had combine that with Zubak playing a variety of different roles and playing really well combined with that, with Rondo coming in and providing that sense of leadership along with Nick Batum. And, and as of recently, Boogie cousins, they're playing really good basketball, but I think Phoenix has been okay. really, really yeah. they did, they, they over did the last them. two, three weeks. They did beat them along with the Clippers. It's a one, one, a dude. I, I think both teams have been great for, for, for the last month. They did beat him. If, if Kawhi Leonard was on the floor, there's no way Phoenix wins that game. But Chris Paul is playing MVP basketball as he of is. this moment. Booker and um, are solid, yeah. I just don't want the Lakers to face, to fall 
to six and face the Clippers in the first round in the first round. That yeah. would be such, I mean, if we get the hallway series, we get it, but it would just be such a disservice. Well, not for the, for the basketball guys to give us that in the first round. Let like, me just, t- Oh yeah, no, 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 it would be. You're, you're absolutely right. And I, I, let me just say this though. There is no easy route this year, brother. There is no easy route. There's no gimmies. There's no easy rounds, easy series, easy matchups. All of these teams provide problems in one aspect or another. And this is going to be the hardest championship run that I think the Lakers have had since, to me, 2002, when they were trying to three-peat and you had to go through Portland and San Antonio and Sacramento. and Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. And then just to, and just to get to the finals and sweep New Jersey. Now nice. I hear, I hear, I, I, I hear you. So let's just play it out really quick as, as the, as we wind down this great episode of the Showtime Forum podcast, let's play it out really quick. So as of right now, the Lakers were faced Denver in the first round. Mm-hmm. I would take the Lakers even without Jamal Murray. Right. That series is going minimum six minimum. Yeah. I agree with the, with the way the Nuggets are playing. Jokic is playing completely out of his mind. You got Gordon that you could throw at LeBron James. Compazzo has had the Lakers number. So that's a JJ Barea type you'd have to deal with. Will Barton is solid. You got Porter, a lot of other guys. I mean, they have a lot of size that they could throw at the Lakers too. Uh, Jamichael Green, Paul Millsap, uh, JaVale McGee. I'm sure he would make an appearance at some point. Yeah. In the series. So they have a lot of guys that they could throw at the Lakers size. Drummond, AD, and LeBron mostly. So yeah, I, I agree. And Jokic to me is is the MVP. I don't I don't know if anyone's played better or more importantly more games than Nikola Jokic. Right. And in the second round, I would take the Phoenix. I'm sorry, the Utah Jazz over whoever wins the play-in and gets the the Jazz. Yeah. I would take the Jazz, and the Lakers would have to face the Jazz in the second round that series going guaranteed minimum six more than likely seven in my opinion yeah and if the lakers which i think they would be able to pull that out especially with no home court um i think they'd be able to pull that out and even if they were to do so i think the clippers are going to face the phoenix suns in the second round and if the clippers can beat the phoenix suns then you're going to get the lakers and the clippers in the western conference finals and yeah. even if they were to get past the Clippers, which I think they could, not guaranteed, but especially with the way the Clippers have played this season, mm-hmm. you're going to have to face, in my opinion, Philly, Milwaukee, or Brooklyn. One I, of those, I, yeah. more than likely Brooklyn, given the offensive firepower that they have. Mm-hmm. And, for you to, for, and for you to beat Denver, Utah, Clippers, and Brooklyn – and to get LeBron James his fifth ring, if they were to do that in this season, and I said this even after the Lakers won their, their last championship in October, this sets up LeBron to really go down as the greatest of all time, not one of the greatest of all time, because if he's able to pull off what he did, not only in the bubble, but coming off of a shortened season, having an injury, not only to himself, but his second best player on the team, for eight, nine weeks as well to go through all of those teams and win, man, man, oh man. This will be their toughest test. This will be the toughest road to a championship I think any team has had. Maybe with the the only exception I could think of is the 95 Rockets, who were a six seed, 
played every series without home court advantage. They beat a really good Utah team, a really good Phoenix team, a really good San Antonio team. And then of course, an up and coming Orlando team. So that was one of the toughest roads to, to, for a repeat champion ever still to this day, the lowest seed to ever win an NBA championship, the 95 Rockets. So Lakers are certainly in that sort of territory where because of the seeding and because of the competition of the West, there are no easy rounds. You're playing against the lead, not just the best teams in the conference. You're playing, playing against some of the best teams in the league, man, Chris, shout out, shout out my co-host, Chris, Chris, how old were you in 95 when the Rockets won that? Oh, that bro. Year? I was, I was finishing up school at Daystar preschool in San Pedro, man. My man was in preschool and he's quoting you exactly who they beaten and how many games that season. Shout out my co-host, Chris Camello, man. Absolutely. Mario Ellie, baby. The kiss of death. Oh yeah. <laughs> Big Ooh. shot, Bob, Sam Ooh. Cassell, Kenny Smith setting before Ray Allen broke it. Kenny, Kenny Smith, I think set the record for most threes in a game. And he did not that only, in, in Orlando. So we, we not only know the game, we know the history, man. We, we know the history. Vernon Maxwell quitting on his team after missing a potential game-winning shot being sent home uh, against the Utah Jazz in the first round. So of course that rocket scene, not to mention, if you want to know more history, Go to your local stream service and download Clutch City, the documentary. Great NBA TV documentary. Don't worry, Drex. We will get the big trophy. The big trophy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, but My seriously, man. yeah, I'm telling you, man, the Lakers, they are in that territory where they are going to have to cover some very difficult ground. I mean, this will be the toughest thing that they will do. And it's going to, if they are able to pull this off, Mm. this may be one of the more special championships in Laker history because every round, including the finals, is going to be difficult, which is not something you could say about the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, not something you could say about the Kobe and Powell Lakers, and it's not even really something you could say that happened last year in the bubble. Yep. So yep. we will see, man. Couldn't but, agree more. Yeah, but the urgency, the execution, everything, both ends of the floor has got to be better. More importantly, more consistent, more locked in, and hopefully with a more complete team with LeBron James coming back. I can't wait. Next week will be a big week. So hopefully Absolutely. we can go into this weekend, going into a nice big week, and hopefully by the time you hear our voices again on the next week's podcast, we're talking about actually at least a couple Laker wins. Hopefully. We'll see. Someday, yeah, we'll get it together and we'll get it undone. Oh, yeah. Someday things are going to get brighter. <laughs> Sing it, dog. No, oh, I'm, I'm serious, man. So, hey, we just we just want to keep you guys in good spirits because we know it's rough out there. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting vaccinated tomorrow just so that way I could be able to go to playoff games and not have to show a negative test and everything like that. Nice. I'm just hoping that they actually come through. They being the Lakers and Frank Vogel too, coach better a little bit, man. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Fr Frankie V's got to get it together, but I know it's not for. Even a though he's been doing a great job, by the way, I praised the hell out of him the last maybe two pods ago or or whatever. Um, especially after that Brooklyn win, but mm -hmm. 
to what have you done for me lately league so of course yeah no he's got to get it together team's got to snap out of this funk so we shall see what the last 10 games bring us and uh, starting tomorrow night or Friday night, I should say against the Sacramento Kings. So hopefully that's a win and you could build on that and win two in a row for the first time in like a month. So that, 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 that would be something I'd like to see go on a little mini two game winning streak. What did, what did Lou Brown say for major league two? You guys won a game yesterday. You win one today. That's two in a row. We win a game tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. It has happened before. Let's go. Hopefully we can get it. Well, thank you once again for joining us on the Showtime Forum podcast. We're sorry uh, about last week, but we got you the rest of the way. So, and this schedule is not helping us out where we have a very limited time to, to record when it's available for us compared to the schedule, but uh, we are definitely here for you. No excuses. No excuses. Play like a champion. Absolutely. Same thing with the Lakers, man. No excuses. Uh, But thank you for joining us every week. Be sure to download and subscribe to all of our podcasts on all major streaming platforms at Showtime Forum. That's at Showtime Forum. You can also follow us on all our social media accounts uh, at Showtime underscore Forum on Twitter, at Showtime Forum on Instagram. Uh, We're also on Facebook as well. So we're very hard to miss. Chaz, where where can they follow you, my friend? You guys know where to get at me on Instagram at Chaz P on Twitter at Chaz Pearson. What about you, Chris? At Chris underscore Camelo on Twitter, C Camelo one on Instagram and Camelo's corner by Chris Camelo on Facebook. Brother, I missed you. I'm glad we were able to get this together latter part of the week. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Miss you too, man. We'll, we'll, we'll get him next week and keep going uh, after that. Heads up for you guys uh, that are missing Showtime Form Port, Showtime Form post-game shows with me and Devon. Uh, We are coming back after Chris here and Jonathan Watson have been holding it down on IG Mm. with a great show um, and halftime as well sometimes, but me and Devon are coming back very soon. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for your merch. Go to nightgfx.com. My man Javi got some fire stuff dropping, especially uh, the Laker hoodies and, and the different restock that he did. Uh, can't beat LA, my, my boy Aldel Del Toro. Um, go to Can't Beat LA. I'm rocking a Nipsey shirt that he actually uh, put together. And uh, he's got many, many more. You guys know I'm always rocking his stuff. So go get your merch. Yeah, no, we, 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 we've got some good things coming for Showtime Forum. So stay tuned. Keep following us. We got a lot more stuff coming your way over the next couple of weeks. And depending on how long this playoff run is going to be, hopefully the next couple of months as well. But Chaz, thanks again for for doing this with me, man. Thank you to all our listeners for joining us every single week. Stay healthy, stay safe out there. And hopefully Lake Show will start stringing it together. Let's go. Peace.